I'm now going to read a, the word of the Lord. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, whether a hard copy or on some kind of electronic device, I ask you to join me. I will be reading from Joshua 1, verses 1, through, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 1 through 11. Joshua 1, verses 1 through 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I give. I have given you, as I had said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittite and toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not lead you, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong courage. For, the, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that, the, that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go into the to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving This is the word of the Lord. good to be here today. Um, Chad had asked me to preach, um, I guess, a week or two ago. Um, so I'm glad to be here, but I'm a little nervous because this is all new. I'm used to the other way. <laughs> One day, uh, Melissa Pratt and her family went to the supermarket. When they got to the juice aisle, Joshua, her six-year-old son, said, Mom, can you get some grape juice? Melissa was a little surprised that she had never purchased grape juice before, only apple and orange juice to drink. So she asked, Josh, do you even like grape juice? Joshua replied, yeah, it tastes like community. Melissa and her husband nearly lost it laughing in the grocery store because they knew what Joshua had meant. He meant it tastes like communion. After a moment's thought, Melissa realized her son's association of grape juice with communion was accurate. It's all about community. 
later in the service, we will, as a community, in communion with God and each other, partake of the Lord's Supper, as Amy had mentioned earlier. Um, those of you at home, um, please have your elements ready, juice, a wafer, available. Uh, those of us here in person, uh, your, the elements for communion should have been on your seat. Church, family, fellowship of believers, tribe. These are all words that describe the spiritual believers that come in a local situation such as Valley. In 2014, Valley Baptist Church became our family's church, our family's spiritual community. Since then, God has used Valley for healing, for growth, for restoration, ministry opportunities, for decisions. Carson was baptized. She made her profession of faith here. Uh, for fellowship, for provision, for comfort, for worship, and for laughter. We have traveled these last six years together as community. In the last seven to eight years, Valley has journeyed through one of its greatest challenges. Actually, the whole world has. In February, Valley was, in the words of a longtime member, the healthiest we've ever been. We were facing some difficult issues, but we were moving forward. Then, bam, it happened. It seemed the whole world had stopped, everything shut down. But God, Valley transitioned to meeting via Zoom, which for many of us was a experience, and continued to worship and study as we were still together. The family care team started to check up on people weekly or bi-weekly basis. Members continued and started checking up with each other widows. Within a couple weeks, Valley started to be a collection spot for ACTC. We not only uh, were a drop-through kind of drop-off point, we also a couple days, then divided it and took it to ACTC. In mid-July, we began to gather in person, and while continuing to use the internet at the same time as a gathering option. Since then, we've had about 10 visitors. Of these 10 visitors, three families have continued with us on a regular basis. Our youth ministry restarted last month, and I got to see part of that Friday night as I dropped Carson off at um, the corn maze they went to. And they had an, a good group, and Carson came home and was very happy and told me all about the good time they had. We now continue, as God has given us, provision and guidance. The sermon text for today is Joshua 1 through 11, which we just read. And growing up, most of the, I've heard this 
passage spoken on many times in sermons and studies, and we've studied it, studied it in small group and large group. And most of the time that I've heard the text, it has always focused on Joshua as the new leader and the command he received from God, be strong and courageous, which is a good topic. Today, however, I want to focus on a different aspect of this scripture. God had commissioned it, Joshua to be Israel's new leader. This was not new to anybody. This was not a surprise pick, for Joshua had been Moses' helper, understudy, for a while now. You can read about it throughout Genesis. So Joshua continued. He was commissioned by God to be the new leader of Israel. And in this new specific command God had given to Joshua was the continuation of God's purpose for Israel through community. We often speak of how Joshua entered the promised land. There's even a song, uh, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and how Joshua conquered it. However, the command was for all God's community, not just Joshua. Scripture says, now therefore, God speaking to Joshua, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. You see, God did use Joshua in great and mighty ways. But the work that Moses had done and the work that God was doing, continuing through Joshua, was done in the aspect of community. Neither one of them could have done it themselves. Joshua was not a young man at this time. If you know the story, if you remember the story, when Israel first was delivered from Egypt and they had come to the promised land, 12 tribes were sent out to kind of spy the land, see what was going on, see if they thought that Israel could take it. Ten, ten of the tribes said, no way, the giants are too big. Two of said, yes, yeah, have God. Those two spies, Joshua and Caleb. And at this point, those two spies, Joshua and Caleb, were the only two gained from their generation and the previous generation. Everyone else had passed away. God did deliver Israel from Egypt as a community. Israel sinned against God as a community, and they suffered the punishment of their sin as a community. And now they were about to receive the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as a community, as the children of God, the children of Israel. God's plan for his people has always been in the context of community, and it always will be. Moses was a great leader, as was Joshua, but they did not do God's work outside community. Everything happened within the context of community. Specifically for them, the community was the children of Israel. They were God's chosen people. Their leadership wasn't about their 
about their financial gain or about their personal rights. It was about God's promises for his community. And God's promises weren't about Israel's comfort, about Israel's financial enrichment, or even about Israel's political dominance. God's purpose was for his glory and his communion with them and with the world. God's purpose continues today. However, his purpose is in community through the church. Individuals having a relationship with God and growing in the context of community, and then that community reaching out in love to those who don't have communion with God through Jesus Christ, his son. The purpose has always been God's love being brought to other people in the world. It was never meant to be kept a secret. It was never meant just for the children of Israel, and it was never meant just for the church. The children of Israel were to be vessels, as the church is meant to be vessels, of God's love to a lost and dying world. God's purpose is not about individual churches becoming mega churches or having the best pastor or having the best or doing the best ministries. God's purpose is about God. And his will is that all would be saved. Nothing's wrong with mega churches, nothing's wrong with great ministries, but these are all tools, they're not the end. They are a means by which God uses us to reach the lost. We sometimes forget that God so loved the world that he gave. It's God that loves. And we are able to love because God loved us first. And it's easier to do that when we are in the context of community. For we can share with one another our burdens, our joys, our frustrations. We grieve with one another. We celebrate with one another when we win. We confide in one another. We build one another up. We sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to encourage one another. All within the context of community. God's purpose is to bring lost people into right fellowship with him and into right fellowship with one another. Somebody asked Jesus, what is the greatest command? And he said, the greatest command is the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second is as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. God's purpose is community. And in that community, his purpose is to make disciples. As Valley has determined, making disciples, that is our purpose. That is what we should be doing. As you know, our pastor, Chad, is moving to a new ministry halfway across the world. Um, we always pray for God's will, and there's no doubt in my mind that they are following God. That doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> God and I have already discussed this. 
Um, so they're leaving under the direction of God. But Chad and Callie have been a part of our community. And they will continue to be a part of our community. We will, as community, bless them, encourage them, support them, and pray for them. They may not be here physically with us, but we are all are a part of the larger church, the universal church, God's people. So that means Valley is now in a transition again. But in this transition, we do not stop being community because our pastor is leaving. Israel didn't stop being the children of Israel. I mean, yeah, the children of Israel because Moses died. The promises of God did not stop because their had passed away. As community, Valley, we are to move forward as community in love, seeking and doing God's will. There are a lot of questions, some doubts and fears. Where do we start? What's our next step? Can we survive? In the book of Acts, we find the disciples' first act after Jesus had left them. They had spent three years of their life with Jesus, walking with him, being taught by him, ministering with him, and then they had seen him die. A cruel death, he was crucified, then he was buried. And they suffered a great loss. They didn't know what to do. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. Praise the Lord. He was resurrected. And then he spent, I believe, 40 days with his disciples and other followers, assuring them, continuing to teach them, and telling them about the promise of the Holy Spirit. But then he ascended into heaven. He left again. In Acts 1, verses 12 through 14, we find the first act of his followers. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. They returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what was the apostles' first act after leaving the mount of where Jesus was um, ascended, had ascended? They prayed. They gathered in the upper room and they prayed. They made supplication, not individually in their own prayer closets. They prayed as a community not only as a community of leaders, but as a community of believers. For we see that the women 
and Mary and his, the mother of Jesus and his brothers were with them. They were in one accord as a community making their prayers and supplications before the Lord. So Valley, our first step as a community is to pray. We must seek the Lord. We must make our supplications, our request known to the Lord. As uh, Pastor Chad has previously said, we as a church are leaning into our small group prayer meeting time. As a community, we gather via Zoom on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and we pray. For me, this time of prayer allows us to join together and to pray with and for one another. This time has become a wonderful time of encouragement for me. It's powerful. It's renewing. It's encouraging. And at the same time, it is challenging. I've seen God move in wonderful ways. I've seen his answer. I have seen him answer prayers. For when God's people pray, hearts are changed. Lives are changed. I've seen people healed. I've seen community grow. Because when we pray together, God moves. He not only hears our prayer, he answers them. I don't know what our future is. I don't have all the answers. But God. Hmm. God knows. I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And in that, I find strength. I find purpose. I find stamina to go on and continue what God has called me to do. And Valley, I hope that we as a church will find strength in that. But God, God knows our future as a community. And God has all the answers for our community. When we pray together, we continue to move forward. When we pray and seek God, we are continuing his purpose. Today, I would ask you to commit to pray as part of this community and to pray in community, to join us on Wednesday nights. One of my favorite books, and you can ask Cindy, I'm not an avid reader in any sense of the term. <laughs> I'm a terrible reader. But... One of the books that I actually have read the whole way through <laughs> is called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It's by Jim Simbala, who is the pastor at um, the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. And it was written probably 10 to 20 years ago, even, maybe even more. If you haven't read it, I do encourage you to read it. To me, what it challenged me to do is to pray. When he, went to, when he was called to Brooklyn Tabernacle, he wasn't even a minister yet. And he had some rough times. And he said the point was when he was leading one of the prayer meetings and there was probably maybe 10 people there. And in the middle of the meeting, 
one of the pews just broke. The lady on, on the pew just fell out right on the floor. What else do do? And basically, the whole service just stopped. How do you recover from that? He had then, his health was deteriorating because of the stress. So he took a trip to Florida, a fishing trip. And he tells the story that um, while he was fishing, he had gotten away from the group on the boat, and God spoke to him. And basically, God had told him, you focus on So when he went back, the, service, the worship service continued weekly. But he asked the church to focus on prayer, to come together and really call out to God, to place all of their burdens at the, feet, at the foot of the cross. If you don't know, um, things changed. Brooklyn Tabernacle is a large church now, and that's not the purpose of prayer. But lives were changed, drastically changed. For in that community of prayer, God moved. God moved to lives and to bring them into community with himself and with others. So Valley today, as we, are, as we read in scripture, the first act of the apostles was to pray after Jesus ascended. I ask you to commit to prayer. As individuals, as family, community, would you commit to pray for Valley? Not just Valley organization, but Valley, your family and friends. See, the church is not a building. It is not just an organization of ministry services. The church is a living and breathing organization because it is the people of God. In the Old Testament, God dwelt in the tabernacle and then in the temple in the most holy. In the New Testament, that changed. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and after he ascended, he promised that there would be a comforter. Today, God dwells within each of Christ. In us, and we as followers of Christ have the same power within us that raised Christ. Would you commit today to pray? Because I believe that God is not with Valley. I don't know what that means. But I do know that God is able. Maybe today you're frustrated. Maybe you have disconnected from church because you were, or you didn't like something. Maybe COVID has just been too much. And so you're just kind of 
on the back burner of community. Maybe today you don't know what community is. Whether you're here in person or via the internet, never sense that love that God gives us through his son. Today is the day to commit or to recommit to that. Prayer is very important, and I do challenge you to commit to pray. But if you don't know the one to whom you're praying, today is the day to commit to him first. Today is a new day. With some old challenges. We still face COVID. We still face bills, health, spiritual issues, as individuals, as families, and as the community of God. But today is a new day, and God is still the same. God is still on his throne. He's not surprised by any of this, and he's not overwhelmed. So today, in the day, we commit, we recommit to seek God and his face. Let's pray. God, today is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We rejoice and are glad because of who you are. We face challenges that are overwhelming as individuals, as families, and as community of Valley. But God, you are greater. You have promised that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You have promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. You have promised that you would walk with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. So God, we turn to you today, thanking you for our history, our heritage, thanking you for what is happening even now for the challenges we face, for the love that is in this place, for the ministries that you have given to us to be a part of. And God, we thank you for the future. Unknown as it is to us, we thank you that we do not go into the future alone. And you know what lies ahead. May we as uh, individuals, as families, and as community come before you in prayer, seeking you, making our supplications known, remembering to give you thanks. Guide us, O thou great Jehovah. 
because we are pilgrims in this land. We are just passing through and eternity waits for us. God, do great things in this community called Valley. Not for our glory, not for our purposes, but that your name would be praised and that many would come to know you through your wondrous acts. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.